0: Episode 24 of Behind the Sport. Brent joins me as usual. How are you this week?
1: Oh, man, I'm great. Flat out. uh, Like everyone in in beautiful WA, just absolutely flat out at the moment. Yes. Yeah, very
0: busy over here too. Still uh, doing rally stuff from uh, the 2020 uh, Make Speaking History Forest Rally. And um, today's guest is uh, the winner of that event, Mike Young, and he's also the uh, brand new father, um, four weeks, five weeks now, so uh, unfortunately couldn't make it last week because of um, the young one not wanting to settle for him, but uh, this week he's managed to make it, so he joins us right about now. Thanks for uh, joining us today, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Congratulations on the newborn.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I guess life's changed uh, a lot in the last few weeks, but uh, it's really, really, really neat.
0: uh, You took out the 2020 Make Smoking History forest rally by 0.5 seconds last week. And we had Dean Herridge on last weekend. And uh, last weekend, he made mention, you know, the fact that 0.5 of a second is like nanoseconds when it comes to other motorsport. But how, how were you feeling after that? And, you know, obviously it took a little while for that result to be confirmed. But were you, were you hoping, were you looking at anything like that? What was going through your head?
2: Uh, I, guess, I guess me and Scott were sort of in a bit of shock, to be honest, because, you know, we hadn't led... Laid- the rally all day it was only that last moment where we realized you know oh oh my gosh we've we've won and um we didn't have results until we were driving back into collie because there was no internet out on in the stages so uh yeah we weren't even sure uh how close it was going into the last stage so we were just you know going into that last stage blind so we we're just lucky
0: yeah look let's let's step back a little bit um to your history in motorsport and how did you get started you know, in motorsport like what was your what was your first sort of yeah I want to get into motorsport
2: moment uh I think it was probably my dad i guess he i guess he pushed me a little bit he he was around motorsport um he was actually a photographer for a motorsport team and um He had an old rally car and he used to take us to rallies when we were younger. Um, I guess, yeah, that's where I found the passion for rallying as such. I did a bit of go-karting when I was young, but it was always I wanted to be a rally driver, I guess. So
0: when was your first ever race?
2: Well, first ever rally was back in 2011. It was Rally New Zealand when it wasn't a WRC Rally. I entered in a Nissan March Super Turbo, like 1989. Oh, <laughs> it was. Uh, that? Yeah, it was a one litre with a supercharger and su- a turbo. Yeah, they, they had both. Yeah, yeah it, it was an interesting car because it didn't have power steering. So it was tiny, but it sat. You know, inside the grooves of all the other uh, like competitors, I guess. So it was an interesting car to, to drive first, but that was my dad's uh, old car, so I couldn't say too much, and I didn't have to pay much to drive it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the um, so how did you go in that uh, in that first rally?
2: Uh, we finished. Uh, I did go into a ditch at one point. But the car was so small and my co-driver was so strong that he just uh, pushed us out of the ditch. Yeah. I think we were last car most of the rally too, so we had a lot of time afterwards to get the car out. So we were, we'd never had to worry about anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that is wicked. Yeah. Did they disqualify
0: you for pushing the car back in, or was that?
2: Uh... No, it's allowed as long as you, you know you do it on your own force. It's yeah, it's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. The uh, Motocana people over here should probably learn from that. They uh, they were disqualifying people back. When- oh, okay. I did it a few times. You know, if your car rolled, um, you know, because you were stupid and read uh, read the navigation wrong. Um, yeah, they they basically yeah tell you if your car rolled and you pushed it back over, disqualified. So all
2: oh, right, I got plenty of stories of uh, pushing rally cars back onto our wheels and running down the street in China looking for people who could follow us to come back to the rally car that was sitting on its lid to push it back over and all sorts of stuff <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now your your majority of your history um appears to be in China and Asia with rallying. What made you decide to go over there to do that rather than, you know, I guess the for so, yeah, New Zealanders, you yeah, know, New Zealand rallying then across Australia and that sort of thing?
2: Um, I think it was a decision between me and my dad. Um, at the time, he was doing the TV for the Asia-Pacific Championship. So I guess he was he was already going to the rallies and he sort of knew a little bit about it. But we also thought that uh, if you did New Zealand Championship. then you're just going to be another number for quite a while and you're not really going to get yourself out there when when you're so young, especially if you're not in a fast car. So yeah, we took a little bit different line and decided we'll just go do stuff in Asia for a while and, and, um, you know, do rallies in cheap cars and and it never cost much. And I think we just built a bit of a presence, I guess, in Asia. And then we just started to be a bit more well-known and then, yeah, just, just stuck with it, basically. And obviously now I've been with Cusco for eight years or nine years or so now. So I guess it's worked out in our favour now.
0: So in terms of the, um, you yeah, know, rallying over in Asia compared to you know, Australia and New Zealand, what are the surfaces like?
2: Um yeah completely different (laughs) depends i guess depends on the country um china generally you race on a lot of concrete and then go on to some gravel road that they call it which is really just like a village style road up a hill with big drop hops and never maintained um then I I've rallied lots in Japan, which is, they have really nice stages, sort of forestry, really soft gravel, um, quite fast. Um, but then I've been doing, well, like I did my first year rallying in Malaysia. That was a bit of a shock. You know, that was boiling hot in the palm oil plantations. And um, yeah, it was super slippery if it got, if it got wet. And um, yeah, if you went slightly off, you just went into the ditches. So it was a, uh, yeah pretty interesting yeah the roads definitely in Asia are very different to what we have in New Zealand or here in Australia too
0: the oh there we go I think my mic's finally started working properly again <laughs> um in terms of the i guess uh, yeah let me start this question again the when you when you're rallying over in Asia and that yeah you know, was it a um was it a bit of a novelty for I guess for the to have a New Zealander in, involved, or were there other people in you know over there that you know from other countries
2: as well? Uh, it's some rallies, yes, but I, I think in the past they've had Kiwis and they've had Aussies go to you know to Japan and and China. Um, but yeah, I guess if there's not many of you when you do a rally in in India or in China, you are usually, you know, uh, very alienated. Uh, I guess you could call it. Um, especially, especially in India, you're like, if they see you're a, a white person doing a rally there, you're like almost like a celebrity to them, and, which is kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you, do you have any sort of rock star moments, you know, from, from India or, or any of the other you know, sort of rallies?
2: uh well uh, for example in india they, they had this super special it was at a school and um not sure if you know gurav gil but uh he's obviously he's an indian guy he's pretty famous there and um everyone wanted his signature and uh, i think we'd finish the stage and he and he's he's like don't go walking through the crowd they they will just they'll just go for you you know not not in a bad way but they'll just want to get all these photos and i'm like no no no, no that's not going to happen they don't know who i am and yeah i've never taken so many selfies in a space of 100 meters it was, it was intense just people everywhere photos photos can you sign this yeah it was pretty cool though
0: yeah so when when that sort of happens do you have a a of a moment afterwards to ground yourself back down so you sort of don't get caught caught up in those sort of moments so you're just pretty chilled and it's sort of just whatever anyway
2: Uh, i enjoy it um i guess it's part of the part of the game sometimes um yeah i like it i always have time for people if they want a picture or uh, (laughs) sign something so it's all good uh I guess they don't realise actually I'm not that famous. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably just have this random picture on their phone now, like, oh, who was that guy? No idea. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you, um, I, I guess, you know, when you've you've traveled uh, a lot with your rallying, um, have you sort of made, um, oh, this. I'm just having one of those off days with my questions today. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, all that time out in the sun on the stage, you're fried. I think, well, I had three days off over the weekend and like, I usually don't take three days off. And so I, I just okay. had three days off and now like my brain's just like, usually – I've got this whole list of questions sitting here and it's just like oh, – I yeah. can't even get them out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> logistically, when you're travelling, you know, do you keep a car in Asia and travel, you know, or do you move that same car, you know, to all the different countries? Like how do, how do you manage that side of things?
2: Um, so, yeah, we drive for Cusco Racing, which is – they're based in Japan. Uh, usually what happens – so when we're doing the Asia-Pacific Championship, they'll send out the container with two cars, and generally the first rally is in New Zealand, so it will go there. Um both cars with everything in it tires tents all the parts all the gear all the tents everything and um yeah they'll basically we'll live out of that container for the next couple of rallies so we'll start in new zealand then ship to australia or whatever the next rally is and that it will just keep being shipped around and to eventually we'll make it back to uh japan and yeah
0: okay I'm going to hand you... Usually we do this a bit later. I'm going to hand you over to Brent.
2: um,
0: And I'm just going to get my head back in the (laughs) game. I don't know what's going on here. Um, And, yeah, Brent will go... Just uh, Yeah, Brent will ask a few questions that. And then, uh, yeah, I'll jump back in and resume my line of questioning um, in the usual manner that I
1: do things. So, um, (laughs) Brent, jump in, mate. That's right. Don't worry about Shane. I think he might be pregnant. He's... uh... <laughs> Baby brain. Yeah. Uh, no, I've got. Uh, I normally ask pretty nerdy sort of questions, but I, I must admit, uh, even though I pronounce Sabaru properly, um, I I don't know a lot about rally. I'm not a lot from a rally background. Being, even though I'm a Kiwi, it's just not something I did a did a lot of. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, firstly, just stop being so damn humble. Like <laughs> you are a rock star. We are. Uh, um, you know, that's sort of one thing we try to talk about in the show. Is that People from WA and, and local motorsport people achieve so damn much, um, you know, just locally, and let alone competing overseas, competing around the world, like India and Japan and China and New Zealand. And um, that takes so much more work than just t- turning up to an oval and playing footy on a weekend and getting paid a million bucks. You know what I mean? People don't yeah,
2: yeah. get
1: what it takes to be competitive at that level. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it takes, um, it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: like it does. You, 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 it's not just having a bit of um, now su- and support and, and a network from rallying over the years, right? You got to be fit. You got to be smart. Um, you got to know the sport, and and you actually have to be talented. You can't just get by on on cash alone. That doesn't work. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah. But, you um, you still realize that you just can't be. You can't be slow, but you can't be too fast. And um, yeah, you'd be, especially doing rallies in Asia uh you've got to be quite smart because you can't go flat out like you can in new zealand or australia basically
1: yeah mm. um so talking about being fast i've got some questions along those lines um so cusco japan obviously COVID stuffed everything yeah. this year yeah. So yeah. yeah out of the seat for a little bit um then come forest rally and and you came out swinging you had a heap of pace straight off the bat um Obviously, came out good for you. How how did you get so much pace so quickly? Um, was there any practice done? And if there's some pace for sale, um, where do you find it? Because I've got a good mate slash customer, Roger, that wants to uh, wants to buy some.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Basically, I had no practice, no testing of of that car. I basically just stage one was going to be testing. Um, so yeah, I went into deep end. I have driven a car very similar before, so it wasn't like I was completely alien to it but I figured that uh for the rally it wasn't quite gonna be a Sunday drive, but I didn't think I had to drive that fast so quickly um, but yeah, I guess I just leaned my way into it um tried to get used to the car mostly um i've i've I found it going back to a car like the Subaru or a Group N car after driving sort of AP4 cars for the last uh, three years, it's, it's, it's not as easy as I thought. Um, it's just such a big difference in, in the way that they brake and how easily they stop. So yeah, it took, took me you know, at least three or four stages to really get my head around that and, or, and feel safe enough that I could actually drive fast again. So that's sort of why I sort of more stepped up the pace in those last couple of stages once I was sort of got used to things again, I guess.
1: Yeah, so you just got your head around the braking and how it sat and and moved.
2: Yeah, because um, I I just felt that if I was going to go any quicker, I was going to start um, you know breaking things or going off. So I just sort of, I guess took my time. You know, I'm a dad now. I've got to be like more cautious and, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that, that does come into it, but it doesn't, yeah, there, there's always that discussion about, um, you know, like dads and does that factor in an age? I think there's actually a documentary about it last year and it was around the supercar and the change in the field there with the supercar teams, a lot of them being young dads and did it change things. And, um, I think when you get to a level like you're at with you're that professional with it, uh, you're that calculator that that comes out of it anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a tricky um, one because when you don't drive a car before, you don't want to just... And I was leasing it too, so you don't want to just go flat out with someone else's car and then, oops, made a mistake, crashed it. Here's a big bill,
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that, that's always in the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, so with... You know you talked about the r4 car i don't know the categories in the cars very much but i'm always getting told that the um the new the newer p is it p5 cars yeah yeah we, yeah so the newer that. more modern p5 cars oh, r5 sorry r5s r5. yeah so um yeah so what's what's the difference between there but the r5 and the r4 that you mentioned and the Um, more modern
2: cars etc so yeah it's it's um r5s and ap4 car they call it uh, here um basically an r5 is uh, a rally car that's built by manufacturers and they're 1.6 turbo usually And they're FIA approved. So all the parts have to be homologated. They have to, you can't buy many parts from the shelf. You've got to buy them from Skoda or Ford or Citroen. Um, And then recently AP4 was invented because R5 for people in Asia Pacific is just a little bit too expensive. And it's hard to get parts. You, You can't ship your engine and gearbox back to Europe every couple of months. So... That was invented so it's they're very similar but ap4 is a bit more out of your workshop kind of style um parts are cheaper very similar style 1.6 turbo similar suspension but you know you can go and buy parts reasonably cheaper yeah
1: yeah. So once a homologated international car versus a local car. So I suppose it'd be like comparing a TCR for the circuit guys. It'd be like comparing a TCR car with a production, a locally built production race car. Yeah. Similar ideas, slightly different, yep. but not quite. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think they made that so then people in this kind of region could build their own cars and be similar to R five without the massive, you know, bill basically.
1: Yeah. And do you think they should be um, – do you think there should be allowed any more freedoms in the locally built stuff or do you think uh, they should try to make them the same just without the um, bureaucracy going through the FIA homologation process, which is pretty tight?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I definitely think AP4 cars are, are definitely the way to go. Um, and you, you've got to let them run and you've got to let R5s run um, – you can't especially in state level you can't you can't be restricting any kind of car because rallying's too small we can't can't stop people who've got cool rally car home from racing i reckon especially yeah like you know you've got to get spectators out there so they they don't want to see old you know crappy gc8s or whatever running around they want to see some (sighs) uh,
1: the whole guy's guy's hearts just broke locally but uh well, it's the truth, you know. It, yeah, you want to see modern, cool yeah. stuff, but not everyone can afford to to buy that yeah. on the on the global yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand with you.
2: I'm not um, saying I don't like GCX, but you know, every every car should be able to run.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. um So, Cusco, Japan. How did that all come about? Like, for everyone knows who Cusco is, whether you're a circuit racer or a time attack guy or a rally guy or just a flexy fanboy on the road with funny shaped wheels. Like everyone knows who Cusco is. How did that come about? Like they're one of the OGs of uh, you know Japanese tuning?
2: Um I guess I think you know, that's a good question. But I think it started because of my dad was sort he had a bit of a link with them with the TV and he talked to them a lot and did a few stuff with them. And I think it was the, the first year rallying I did. They were in Fungaday too. And the relationship started when basically I needed a race suit. I didn't have a proper race suit. So uh, one of their team managers uh, brought me one from Japan to use. And basically that was the start of it. And a couple of rallies later, we did a rally in kaido with them, um, like just leasing a car. And then the following year we did the whole junior cup championship um with cusco and like just just leasing the cars from them and i guess just after a while you know we built up such a good relationship um and then I got a couple of sponsors so that paid for the lease and then just over the years just i guess we built that up and yeah now we just drive for them all the time and get to have fun driving all the cool cars they make basically
1: yeah, well, they do all sorts of cool stuff. So yeah. um, so with that, and obviously you've you got a good network overseas there, have you had a chance to branch out from Rally and try anything different? Because they, they do a lot of crossover stuff over there.
2: Not yet, but I have seen they've they've made a drift car now, and I really would like to have a drive of it. So there's a Toyota Supra, the new one.
1: Yeah, they've done the new one, which is wild-looking yeah. car.
2: Yeah, it looks so cool. I have noticed recently that they've sort of started to get back into drifting. So, yeah,
1: because they said they were pretty strong in drifting a while back when they supported Team Orange. I think it was Team Orange. They used to have all the real drive Subarus, and
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I think uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who makes the decisions, whether it's the CEO, but they sort of rallying's definitely their main. They, they yeah. they'll keep supporting rallying, but they had to go at GT racing. Then they're doing a lot of the. Word 86 stuff, and now I think they stopped sort of the racing and now they got sort of into drifting. So I guess, I guess, I think they're trying to market, you know, for parts. And obviously, they've seen something in drifting, and obviously, then well, I think it's just the, that
1: that Supra has been the sort of the, the flagship out of Japan at the moment. It's sort of the only real um, heavy hitter in the performance side of things. You know, there's been nothing too exciting over the last couple of years. You know, like, like you said, the 8.6 was probably the last one, and then. The Supra's probably it at the moment Until anything else comes along
2: Yeah, well the other car I've seen recently Is that, the Toyota Gazoo Yaris, that's a four-wheel drive Oh yeah, there. yeah, um, yeah.
1: They've done like a GT 300 or whatever version yeah.
2: small sedan sort of looking thing Yeah, I haven't seen it made into A rally car, but I bet you That, that will be at some point Obviously yeah. there's WRC cars But yeah, that particular car I haven't seen yet
1: yeah, so that'll be pretty cool. Mm. Um, so back to rallying. Surfaces, like massive, like we're sort of spoilt with with circuit racing. Once we get a local track, we sort of know how to read the track pretty quickly. Likewise with the Speedway guys, once you sort of had a few shows at a track, you should be a bit quicker on your setup. Uh, you're driving a lot of different tracks around the world, or a lot of different um you know, roads around the world, I should say. How does Collie compare to other, you know, regions around Asia and the East Coast, New Zealand, in your eyes?
2: Oh, the, the roads in Collie were awesome. Um, those stages around Wellington Dam were really cool. Probably one of my favourites was actually Bunswick. Um, it's a shame we only did one run of it because that was awesome. Um, but it was quite slippery, uh, especially first pass with the, the ball bearing style roads. It really felt like you were sort of skating on top. Um, trying to think of a rally overseas that is sort of similar to, but I guess Japan uh, has a similar style forest kind of rally. Um, but, yeah, the roads here are very different to everywhere else. Um, yeah, it's a little bit close to New Zealand, but, you know, so New Zealand has a bit more smoother style, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with rallying overseas, uh have you got any funny stories or, or uh weird things that have happened with language barriers? Uh if I guess. one that stands out, there's probably a ton <laughs> of like you said in China, yeah. but
2: yeah. Yeah, loads. Yeah. Uh, probably the most recent one was uh last year in Japan we were doing this rally, like a local rally, and um the stage has been cancelled because a rock had fallen off the cliff. And was sort of on the racing line. And a lot of cars had hit it. And you know, we had no idea. We were car one. They sort of gave us this message of the, the you know, the, the stage is cancelled, but we had no idea what was going on. So we just, you know, start driving through the stage. And next thing I just see this car yard of cars. And I start to, you know, giggle to myself, going, what the hell's happened here? Boom. And I just smashed right over this rock at 20k an hour and you just smash the front wheel to pieces basically. And yeah, apparently at the start, the, what they were trying to tell us was there's a massive big rock on the side of the road that you should try to avoid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you did a good job of that
2: one. Yeah, so I really screwed up there.
1: Um, so do you have like an interpreter or anything or you just wing it and just do that YOLO?
2: Yeah, mostly wing it. Um, luckily our team, you know, they speak really good English. Um, but sometimes at some rallies, obviously some of the organisers don't speak English. Um, like when we've broken down a couple of times, they've, they've sent this crane truck to pick up this very expensive rally car by the wheels. And it's like, no, you're not touching this rally car like that. You know, if it was rolled in a ball, yeah, just pick it up and slam it on the truck, But you can't just rip it up now with ropes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that sometimes.
1: Yeah, we're hilarious. What's your your views on nighttime rallying? Do you want to see it back in the ARC, just a few stages maybe, just to spice things up? I hear it's a pretty controversial sort of thing. A lot of guys for it, a lot of guys against it. Brings some danger, obviously.
2: I think I I, I like it. Um, I've never really done a proper gravel stage as a driver done plenty of super specials so i'm not sure performance wise how it would go but i'm pretty sure i eat lots of carrots so i could see at night pretty well (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i I would love it yeah
1: yeah super specials at night time are really cool it's been um i see this how long it's been since i've been to a uh, a rally stage within the last one would have been uh probably manicure Oh, okay. So that's that long ago when they when said there. So, mm. yeah, that's a big drive up there for that. Um, yeah. So what what's what's your view on where that's going and, and that's, you know, getting it back to having a proper international event and super stages and do you think we'll see it in WA again? You know, I know there's a bit of lobbying for it at the moment.
2: Yeah, I... I have noticed that this year we haven't done any night stages, and I think the next rally, um, I think the last stage might end or start at quarter to six, so it's not fully dark um, yet. But yeah, you know, I'm obviously all for it. I think it's pretty cool, and I think it brings you back to the old days because I think they rallied mostly at night time. Mm. So um, yeah, I think it, it always adds a good challenge. I always liked how the state championship here the they do the first couple of stages in the daylight and then the last couple are night. You know, it's a good mix.
1: Yeah, good. It is. Yeah, it's good to mix it up. Yeah. Um, weird superstitions. Have you got any weird pre race things you have to do? Certain color undies, weird juggling acts, specific uh, toilet store. We've had all sorts. So.
2: I'm definitely one of those people. Oh yes, my, my weirdest thing is, at sort of ten to fifteen seconds before we start the stage, the co-driver has to say good luck, and all I reply is yep. That's all you're going to get, just a yep. And it's it started, and now it has to happen all the time. That's that's different,
1: and it leads into yeah. I was going to ask you about co-drivers and uh, how you work into co-drivers and what you do there.
2: Yeah, and I'm definitely one of those people who I'll put it into first gear at 15 seconds all the time. I'll push launch control at 10, push anti-lag at five. I always just follow the process, I guess. Yeah,
1: you got your own little mental procedure you got to work through.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's always the same. Yeah, it's bad when you screw it up, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're in this bad juju. Yeah. Yeah. So co-drivers, have you always had the same co-driver or do you work through multiple co-drivers when you do change co-drivers? How do you get up to speed real quick?
2: Yeah, I mostly had the same one. Uh, Malcolm Reid, he, he's obviously Kiwi. Kiwi. Um, but yeah, over the years I've had a few different ones. Obviously recently at Forest Rally I had Scott Beckwith, which I've used before. we have done two two or three rallies before that. I've um, had Glenn McNeil co-drive, which was pretty interesting. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, mostly it's been Malcolm and I think the first rally we did together was 2013. So we've done a lot a lot of rallying and a lot of trips away basically together.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's good. And do you like, um, have you got any advice for the new people getting into rallying, how to come up to speed with a co-driver quickly? Is it just have a couple of beers the week before and figure it out? Or is there a universal way of, getting your pace notes on point, you know what
2: I mean? Uh, well, pace notes is definitely the the most important thing of between you and the co-driver and, and especially for yourself if you want to drive fast, if those notes aren't good, then you know, you're know you going to find out the bad way usually. Um, but yeah, definitely before a rally with a new co-driver, you've got to sit down, you've got to work out things, you've got to discuss lots of like how you want to receive the notes and and when you want them and you've got to let them know about your own notes and what they mean and all the random little names you call stuff and yeah, yeah. but yeah definitely I think when you have a new car driver I think you've got to you've got to prepare much better you've got to talk about lots of things basically yeah wicked mm. um
1: So similar sort of question. And uh, again, you've probably got some really good examples to help people out. Um, You've been in the lease game a while. You've now, you know, in a pro team. So you're dealing with different mechanics. Um, And one thing I'm not real great at, and Andy always gives me hell for it, uh, giving feedback of what the car is doing and how you like the car to sit and all be set up. Or, you know, there's obviously everyone has their own preference and alignment stuff and all that. How do you, give that feedback how do you get a get up to speed with a team and a mechanic quite quickly and um is there any advice you got there because people getting into it they just don't know what the car's
2: doing you know well um lucky it's most of our rallies we have engineers and stuff um but i I would always say give them the honest opinion or the, the honest comments about the car don't don't give them bs just give them straight away how it feels and if it doesn't feel good then tell them because they're usually on your side and they're trying to help you you know help you go fast so i think from that point of view just yeah if you whatever you feel um you stop laughing (laughs) i'm just being bagged out in the background
1: for the number one co-driver yeah,
2: pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah. It's
1: blushing now. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so just being honest and just try to explain it and and figure it out. Um, yeah. Is there – I mean, I don't know if there is because I know um, different circuits do sort of school days every now and again. Um but uh, is there something similar for rally, or just go do the rally school stuff to try and learn, figure out how the cars move? Because obviously they're very different on gravel, so you can't relate anything from road stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely, like a rally school or um, those two, like Jim Carners or auto crosses. They're they're really awesome for learning, I guess, the basics. Um, Yeah, well, I work at the rally school, so I always recommend doing something like that. I did when I was younger. That's how I started. I did a rally school and learned some stuff, and it just helped at the first rally. Um, But I always find the biggest thing about uh, learning to drive is is stage miles and kilometres and making the most of of it because there's no point, you know, spending time on the side of the road watching everyone else have fun, so... Yeah, sometimes absolutely. learn the hard way and a couple of times i did but yeah that's definitely the biggest advice is to get as much clones as you can in any kind of car doing anything basically
1: yeah well, yeah. oh, that that uh, that leads me into the next one. Now, one last question before I give you back to Shane, who's probably eager and well sorted out now. So you've obviously driven a merit of cool stuff from a twin charge micro, which is I just think I haven't thought about those cars for centuries. Like just <laughs> rad little cars. What is the, the your favourite car you've driven or raced, I should say? And then what is the weirdest one? And if it's not the micro, then I'm going to be blown away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, favourite one. I think I will have to say probably the Subaru Impreza, or or the current AP4 car I'm driving is it like Toyota CHR. They have, both have their positives, um, but I think I was, went the fastest when I was in the Subaru. So that 2015 2016 years, I was yeah. That it was such a cool car, really smooth. And you can just go absolutely flat out and not have to worry about things. Um, but I still like the CHR because that's pretty new and it's uh, quite exciting. And it's it's really uh, at the start of its development. So sort of COVID kind of ruined the whole this year. So we never really, I haven't driven the car since China. So, and it's improved a lot since then. But probably the weirdest car other than the March Super Turbo, is I drove one year in China a BYD. I'm not sure if you know what that is. No, no idea. Well, it's a car. <laughs> uh, probably probably inside your phone is a battery and it's probably made by them. They um they're massive producers of batteries. And uh yeah they, they make cars in China and I drove a um a hybrid BYD in a rally once. And it was automatic, 1.4 litre with a load of batteries in the back. Basically, it was a Toyota Camry. Um, it was slow. Batteries were massively heavy. The rally was so hot that the batteries didn't work. So it was completely broken <laughs> I, I had a co-driver who couldn't speak English. He didn't understand what left or right meant. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and every time I got the car sideways, it was like a pendulum. It was just left, right, left, right, and then you gave it back up because the, the batteries were so heavy in the back. But, yeah, I finished a rally, I'm pretty sure, and I think I won like my, my class, even though there probably wasn't many people in it. But, yeah, that was probably the weirdest thing.
1: Oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm glad yeah. I asked because that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre. But, yeah, I'll, I'll chuck you back over to Shane. Um, thanks heaps. Um, talking wicked we're just so like uh we're real cheesy but we're just so lucky and WA to have so many rad people getting around that we can talk to that competed at a, at a massive level, you know?
2: Yeah, so no, really cool. Cool. You have to get uh Glenn McNeil on next. He's got definitely plenty of stories. Yeah. I'll tear it up for you. Yeah, good. You're on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think um yeah, finally got my head back in the game. I do apologize. I this I don't know what happened today. Um I just had a look at that um BYD car. Um I first off searched for BYD car and I was like, oh, these look really cool. And then I added Rally Car into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Very special. Yeah.
2: Um it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if a bit of development and yeah, maybe a little bit cooler climate and the batteries actually worked it would be quite fun. Yeah, yeah, they only worked for like five kilometers. It was like playing a video game. You had to save up the power and then use it when you could and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm looking <laughs> Dirt Four. Funny you should mention games. Dirt Four apparently has the BRD in it as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh dear. Now, um, speaking of computer games, you're in the uh, virtual FIA Rally Championship. How many stages of that did you enter this year?
2: Uh, I can't actually remember. I haven't played that much, as much as I would want to. I haven't played as much as I'd like. Um, oh, you mean the APRC one? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, I did that. Um that was really cool. Um, I guess during the time there was no rallies on, so there was nothing else better to do. Uh, but yeah, it was quite intense. You know, I hated losing. I wasn't that good. Um, yeah, and especially when you face other people, you tend to make more mistakes. It's not as easy as real life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what sort of setup are you running there for your virtual setup, for you for you? I have
2: uh, a Logitech. The G twenty nine was like, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty average one, and then a place the seat
1: with yeah
2: sits in my lounge.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I won't guys. show you what I'm sitting in then. Okay, just <laughs> <laughs> look around some the screens all the time. I'm just looking at the videos of your um of the BYD car. Is that your co driver next to you in one of the photos? He's like eleven foot tall. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's massive. Yeah, it was basically my translator. <laughs> I think yeah. um
0: have you have you seen the uh racecraft setups for for simulation rigs?
2: Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to have one of those. Um,
1: no, just go buy one. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I yeah.
2: I feel like I could buy a rally car for the same price, that's the problem.
1: Oh, I sold one of my cup cars to fund this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um
0: so the, the 2020, like, um, smoking History Forest Rally, and I, I keep referring it to that because we were involved on the media side and I should really call it its full proper sponsored name. Um, how, did, how did you go about getting into that? Because I know the, like, the biggest story on that day was that your testing, you know, as you said earlier, was basically in the recce, and that was it. That was, your, that was your introduction to the whole event. So how did that actually come about, you getting into that, that seat, it's such a last minute.
2: Um, well, I guess cause of COVID, you know, I hadn't been doing any rallies. Um, haven't been able to go away. And you know, I'm one of those people who hates watching everyone else have fun. So, so when that rally came up, you know, I sort of talked to Dean about what we could do. Um, also my co-driver Scott was really keen about it. Um, he, I think, has some memories from old WRC rallies from the past. So yeah. I think he was really keen. He knew the stages were going to be nice. Um, and I think he grew up somewhere in that area. So he kept pushing me and I was like, oh, should we do it? Should we do it? And then in the end, yeah, we just made a decision. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for fun. And uh, yeah, and I also wanted to see uh, how we would go against uh, John in the R5 as well, just to see. How fast everyone's been going?
0: Yep. And how did your um your number one co-driver go with your decision so close to the baby coming for you to get um, out and back rolling?
2: Yeah, she's pretty encouraging. I did ask. She said, "Yeah, definitely, you should go." Um. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, because of COVID, I'm actually here because I think a week after. Um, our baby was born i would have been doing wsc new zealand then straight away flying to japan so i guess lucky in a way that COVID happened. otherwise it probably would have been in the bag books for a while though
0: <laughs> especially if you hadn't got stuck overseas as well so
2: yeah yeah that would have been yeah, really bad
0: oh dear i'm actually a friend of mine's still in western australia and his wife uh, lives in Vietnam and he's not allowed to go back, so he hasn't, oh, actually no. hasn't seen his newborn in person. <laughs> oh, um, for yeah, I think it's been I think it's a couple of months old now. So yeah, oh, um, good thing you are here. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Luckily, there's uh, some nice rally roads and and some rallies on. So
0: yeah. <laughs> now Rally School Australia. Um, the how do you? How do you go with, you know, I guess new, you know, do you guys take, you know, brand new green around the gills drivers, you know, I shouldn't say green around the gills. They're probably put that by the end of the track day, but, you know, do you take like those real new people around or?
2: Basically the only requirement is you have a driver's license and that's it. So we, we meet every, everyone. And it, <laughs> With oh, little experience or lots of experience, basically.
0: And who do you find better to deal with, the experienced ones or the non-no experienced ones?
2: Oh, non-experienced ones. You don't want to go with experienced ones. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that purely because yeah. they know better than you? Well, uh, yeah. Well, they think they do. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then they do a hot lap and they go, "Oh, okay, okay, maybe I should have listened." <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Like, oh. Man, I wish I'd listened a bit more.
0: So what's uh, what's the record for the amount of swearing out of a newbie into the when you've taken them out for a hot lap? You know how many how many non swear words would maybe be the count?
2: <laughs> well, actually, one one time, this lady, um, as soon as we took off down the straight, one hand went against the side window, and their other hand just smoked me in the chest. She was just such in shock. Both <laughs> 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 arms just went out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then she continued just to scream the whole way around. I think it was more fun scream than scary scream, though.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Would that be one of your most memorable? Uh,
2: yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. I'll yeah. definitely remember that. Yep.
0: <laughs> and how do how do you go when you jump into the passenger seat? Yeah, because I, yeah, you know, a lot of people, yeah, you know, when they're in passenger oh, seat, um, are very nervous. Um, how do you go with getting from out of the driver's seat and being in control and jumping um, to the other side?
2: Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not. I'm not a control freak. Um, like I've done some co-driving uh, for some state guys, but I don't know if I'm that keen on really fast drivers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not too bad. Especially at the rally school, I can. I can handle that. There's not. You don't go too fast, but you know, we get some very interesting drivers. So. Yeah, it can be pretty challenging at <laughs> most how? times but.
1: how's it go with like the, the this is something that's kind of nerdy for me sorry shane just jumping in but yeah. like, like I'm, I'm pretty i don't mind people driving my cars i got a lot of people drive my cars but they're normally either good mates or people that already race um with the rally school and you got so many randoms coming in how do you try to coach or stop damage to the cars because you can do a lot of damage quite easily by being out of your either driving out of your depth or just not knowing how to drive in that situation and rally tenfold worse than on a circuit you know what I mean like
2: yeah um, I guess it's a lot of information not, not really information it's more you try to get the basics over to them really early on like just the simple things of driving and and then that helps the most. Um, you, you really tell the difference between someone who hasn't had any feedback before they jump in the car than someone who has. You'd, even if the easiest thing is trying to get like nine and three right, that, that to me just makes me feel better if they have any idea about nine and three. Because if they're trying to make, you know, shuffling and doing all that, that scares the hell out of me. So if they can do the basics right, then yeah, I, I feel a bit more easy about it.
0: Cool. What you're saying is, I shouldn't rock up and just put one hand on the steering wheel and go, Let's do
2: this. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. Usually, in the first 30 meters, when the guy goes, Can I clutch kick? Uh, and then I go, Oh, okay, it's gonna be fun. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) what about drifters? Do you get drifters come out?
2: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, they're usually quite good. Um, once they get their head around a, because with the rally schools all four drive cars, um, I guess so they're used to you know a little bit of gas and the, the rear steps out. But if you do that in a four drive car and gravel, it just it just does a big understair. So once they sort of get their head around that, they you have to use the brake to make the car sideways. And they're usually pretty good. Yeah.
0: The um, the other thing you've had a bit of an opportunity to do recently was. Power Play Perth up in Dunes-a-lup. Um Dean was telling us all about it last week and and that, and uh, I believe you've had a bit of a run-up.
2: Yeah, there. I did last night. It was absolutely epic. So cool. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, luckily I've I've driven a BYD, so I kind of understand how <laughs> it looks. <with> <laughs> uh, they have a red and white one specially for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm used to that now. <laughs> no, it's really cool, but it's 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 just enough sideways with enough grip to you know, have fun, but without sliding out too much. So it's yeah, really cool.
0: I believe there's a bit of a ramp section, and so it's not just flat.
2: Uh, yeah, you have to go up. It's basically two story. Um, the coolest thing is since you go up, you must come down, and there's a corner <laughs> at the end of it. So if if you have any kind of idea, you can basically send it halfway down the bridge into this corner, and uh, <laughs> yeah, highly recommended. You're definitely gonna have a go sometime.
0: Have you got any uh, inside on when they're gonna open that up?
2: I did hear a rumor on Friday. I think like an unofficial opening. Oh, wicked! Yeah, yeah, right. I, I think I don't know if the public are meant to know, but you know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, first. Yeah, you Friday.
0: Get in there. We'll send them a copy of the clip and go. Yeah. Is this true? Tell us now. I'm, work-
2: I'm working there Monday night, I think, so uh, you can come by then.
0: Monday night. Yeah. No, we should do our show from there next week. Yeah, absolutely,
1: man. That'd be cool. That.
0: Yeah. Although, oh, you know, actually, our, our guest we probably shouldn't have on next week in right. the public, but um,
1: it's GUP. <laughs> Yeah, no, He's all right, he's he's smart enough to know when to say what. <laughs> well,
0: actually, it's 95% gup. We're still waiting to hear back, but um, I think gup's only 95% gup. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this before he agrees. Hey, to well, go he's on. all
1: over everything, man. He's he's a rad dude.
0: So, look, um, last last week, um We sent out an email to a few people Just to sort of ask, you know, anyone had some questions uh, For you And um, this one We ended up asking Dean and we'll ask you as well Because it was originally meant for you Uh And um, It it came from Someone At the rally And it was basically, is it true that the deputy Clerk of course for the 2020 Make Smoking History Forest Rally Is one of the better looking men in the sport (laughs)
2: I have no idea. I don't even know who the deputy clerk of course is.
0: It
2: was Justin Hunt. Uh, Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm, maybe, maybe in a day, maybe, I don't know. Maybe in a day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a polite
1: way of saying he's got a face like a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Justin's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that question came from Justin, but
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus,
0: yeah, oh, I don't think I'll let him ask any more questions ever again. But yeah, we've had a good laugh on that one. So.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, over your um, rally freer, um, who's been, I guess, one of your, or you can name, you can name as many as you want. Yeah, you know, your biggest. Uh, supporters, in terms of you know getting you out there and um, you know obviously um, you know your your main sponsor, but you know outside of your main sponsor you know who who's been people that have been involved to get you there and keep you on track as such with with your motorsport
2: career <laughs> i 'm being hinted at. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, oh yeah. uh, I think, well, from a driving point of view, it's probably been uh, Glenn McNeil. Um, he's always been into me about, you know, driving well and, you know, doing doing a good job. Um, he's probably been... Like, I've never had, uh, like, a, a good rally driver give me tips on how to drive. So he's probably been the only one who's ever been, oh, you should... You should break a bit more like this or you should do that in the rally car so he's probably been a big help and yeah l- luckily last year he co-drove for me for one rally and um yeah it helped a lot actually yeah i've been told that um uh my missus teaches me a lot too <laughs> she she helps me to understand lots of things. She encourages me to a lot. <laughs> it's always good.
1: Is your is your missus a uh, does she race as well or uh rally or no.
2: One no. Is <laughs> one is enough, she said. One is enough. <laughs> mm. She probably wants to.
0: <laughs> In terms of um, it's, a, it's one of my favorite questions to ask is uh it, if you could have sitting next to you in the car or, you know, you know, in your ear in a headset, you know, guiding you, giving you tips or coaching you, if you could have anyone, any person from any motorsport discipline, you know, driver, team manager, you know, whoever, uh, being essentially your teammate, who would you want that to
2: be? A teammate or like a, someone to sit in with me in the car while we're driving. Either one, either one. If you could have uh, anyone involved with
0: you in your motorsport career from any era, any discipline to help you out, who, who would you want?
2: I, th- I think, um, I would go with my current co-driver. You know, we've been together for so long that he's probably the only one in the world that I would trust if he said it's five leftover over crest and I can't see where I'm going. If he said it, you know, he's the only one I probably hundred percent trust. You know, we've done so many rallies and so many kilometers together. So I think, you know, if anyone, he's probably got my back the most. So, yeah, different him, I think.
0: It's funny. It's funny you say that because Molly Taylor had the exact same response.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's,
0: um, yeah, it's uh, I it, that, that co-driver thing. Yeah, as you as you're talking with Brendan, you know, I guess that is the – yeah, the trust you have to have in that person.
2: Yeah, is a yeah, nice. as a rally driver, you can't go fast without a co-driver. Um, you can't just watch the road. You've got to, you know. The only reason we're going fast is because we're getting pace notes from the from the co-driver. Otherwise, you know, we'll just end up in the trees eventually Or we make a bit of an error.
0: The uh, dean last week said that basically the driver always takes the glory for being fast. And the the code driver navigator always gets the blame <laughs> when things go wrong. Is that the case in your car as well?
2: Uh no. <laughs> I'm trying to blame. I'm trying to blame I don't think ever uh, Malcolm's made a mistake that we and we've crashed. Nothing that I can think of. It's usually it's always been me who've done made a mistake. Um well, yeah, I've never blamed the co-driver for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think uh, Dean, Dean needs to uh, go to the Mike Young school of being a driver. Yeah, <laughs> Re- readjust his blame. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now earlier on, when I, when I was having my little brain fart, um, you mentioned about going off into ditches and you know having to to pull you know, push yourself out of that. What's been one of the most memorable ones where you've actually ended up finishing fairly high after having to push yourself out of a ditch? Uh,
2: Probably the main ones was one I mentioned before in China uh, back in 2015, I think. So it was sort of recent uh, to full drive and I didn't have too much experience. I think it was the last rally of the year. And, um, the power steering had had failed already, so we were we'd driven most of the day with, without power steering, and I, I was knackered. You know, we'd gone up and down a couple of mountains, and my arms were just getting tired, and the stages were slippery, and um, I just made a small mistake and went off, and just the bank just tipped us over, and uh, yeah, we we just had we had to run down the road. Um, basically, I sent Malcolm, and he just ran down. Back down the road and um, he came. comes back with this army of you know, 20 Chinese people <laughs> and luckily one of them spoke English and he was basically rallying all these people and yeah we just we flipped it over um, dragged it out of the ditch and continued we got back to the service park and our team had actually already packed up because they're like oh he's not coming back they'd obviously heard that we'd rolled so they, they thought it was all over. They would yeah, put, put everything away. And next thing, we just drive this battered car into the service park with smoke coming from the tyres because it's all rubbing against the guards and windscreens bashed, all the panels are bent in. And, um, yeah, we end up um, – well, the, the team fixed the car that that night. Um, well, enough to, to continue. And I think we end up finishing third overall in the end. They still didn't fix the power steering So I still had to continue I guess it was punishment for rolling power Just out
1: of spite Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice work
2: nice
0: work. Um, a while back you've um, in the, You're in the rally uh, Of Queensland And um, You listed as one of your more memorable Rallies From, uh, from The little digging I did What made it make that list for you?
2: I think the stages there require massive commitment. Um, Where that rally was based, uh, the Imbil in the forest there, um, a lot of the um, stages had massive crests and it was, like, super fast. It was really different fast because you had a lot of – the trees were really close to the road. And I just found – I don't know, there was something about that rally that I just clicked – It was fast. It was committed, and you really just had to trust what you were doing. Um, I guess you can kind of compare it to New Zealand, where New Zealand's super fast but super smooth, so it's hard to make a mistake. But in Queensland, you know, it was super fast but just really, I guess you could call it just really dangerous. I remember always finishing that rally and, you know, going, Foof, you know, that's another one tick. Yeah, survived, you know, yeah, I always felt like I needed a drink or something afterwards. Cause you're like, yeah, you know, your heart was pumping. And yeah, I guess that's probably why.
0: Yeah, nice. But speaking of heart pumping,
2: <laughs> what
0: you see all these video clips of people doing really, really dumb, stupid shit next to rally races in terms of, you know, stepping out in front of cars and, you know, sitting in corners. And, and I hate to say it, they're usually photographers um, <laughs> or media people. Um, and there was some dumb shit that I saw in, in footage we captured on the weekend. Um, have you ever had one of those moments you've come around a corner and just faced a photographer or someone where they shouldn't be and what went through your head?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Indian Rally Loads of people everywhere um, Driving along And we just We see the stack of people About four, four guys in the middle of the road And as we get closer We realise that they're taking a selfie Of us coming Towards them <laughs> And just as we get close, they moved out of the way All right. yeah. And both me and my co-driver Were just like, what the Did, we just, did they really just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. Okay. That. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. It's
2: taking
0: I the South just... to a new level, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I oh, look. It, you see some stupid stuff, and well, the the FIA done a pretty good job of putting together a media video, you know, basically to tell media to stop being stupid. Um, but, yeah, you know, like some of these positions, these people put themselves into, mm. I, I I just couldn't imagine, you know, being in your position driving, you know, that fast with so much, you know, having to concentrate so much on what's going on in the car and coming around.
2: I actually find that if they're not actually on the road, that you, you barely notice them. It, it, it depends how fast you're going, I guess. But, yeah i can't really think of a time where i'm like oh my god that that photographer was in a stupid place you just sometimes so zoned into the road that you just you don't even know what's on the side you just see like a flash of green of their vest or something but yeah i barely notice it only times i notice is if if we're at a junction and and they've parked the car close and i think oh what if i'd lost the brakes there you know that that, that kind of thing i think about sometimes but
1: Look, Brent, have you got anything else? Um, Yeah, I did want to ask a couple of questions because, and I asked Molly the same sort of questions. Um, Mostly around, like like I told you at the start, I don't have a massive amount of knowledge or understanding of of rally. Um, You know, I I think I volunteered at one at Raglan when I was a kid and, you know, went to Manukau a couple of times when I used to live over there. But um, one thing I do watch a bit on TV or on on, um, YouTube is the. Rally cross, mainly because Subaru did such a good job of, you know, um, making it really glamorous. That you know when they did that little mini series on the on the US stuff. Yeah. Um, I know we sort of have the autocrosses and that over here, but how come we don't have a rally cross like on that level with like these really psycho sports sedan style rally cars on steroids? And it's just cost thing, or it's just it's just not a driver. We're so in tune with rally and. Second part of that question: Have you had a go at it, and is it something you want to try?
2: Um, yeah, I think I think if you talk to any rally driver, they they would want to have a go at rallycross, and I think rallycross is pretty cool here and in New Zealand. I'm not sh- I guess, I don't know what it is why it hasn't worked because both both countries have tried. Yeah, um, I don't know whether they just never found the backing, they never found the money to. To, to spend that crazy amount of money you need to make a really cool rallycross car um, or, or enough or enough people to spend that amount of money um, I guess that's probably why it just never took off because um, you see in America and Europe, you know, the rallycross is huge and yeah. it's, it's easy to promote because you can go to a stadium and people can come watch and they don't have to travel out to the forest so
1: yeah, and that's I think that's what I like about it because like I'm always and now you're a dad, you're gonna start thinking about, you know, what's gonna happen in twenty years time when your your kids are, you know, starting to be at the level where they could be really competitive and make something amount of sport if they don't turn out playing golf, which I hopefully they do in my sake. Um, but like rally like so the reason speedway still works right, um, and and really the cars haven't changed in a long like they've got better and better, but it's still the same style, right? It's because it's a yeah. show. It's four hours. It's all in front of you, and it doesn't stop. Rallycross is the same. It's rally cars on steroids. It's door yeah. to door, and it doesn't stop, and it's right in front of you. You know, it's really friendly for the consumer. Mm. Um, and that, I think, yeah, because to go, like, up to Wanaru and watch racing for a day in the sun, it's you've got to be a real diehard motorsport to there locally. Rally-wise, as well, you have to be a real diehard rally fan or know someone that's there racing to to spend four days away following and it's it's getting harder and harder because people cram so much more into their lives these days
2: yeah yeah that's a good point people aren't that keen to drive three hours down to some random town to watch a rally in the forest so that's why i don't understand why rallycross hasn't actually taken off
1: yeah, because it's cool to see. And mm-hmm. like, if you're into rallying, driving that three hours—that's that's your pilgrimage. But then once you start having a family, and if you know you have to work Saturdays or one day, you know, it starts to get really hard to do that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely would like to have a go sometime. I almost was going to have a go in Sri Lanka once, but then they said I wasn't allowed to because I didn't have a Sri Lankan license. Which I was pretty gutted oh. about it too. Yeah.
1: Oh, that sucks. Mm. Uh, and I was going to ask about EV vehicles, but because um, obviously the the new Extreme EV and the EV Rallycross stuff looks really rad. Look, the way they produce the power is cool. Um, but then you're you've been there and done that already with your um, BYD stuff. You,
2: you've already yeah, the first first person to complete FIA Rally in a hybrid rally car. Is
1: that, so is that a fact? Like that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So there you go. So you've started mm-hmm. off like Elon Musk should be hitting you up with a couple of Model Threes.
2: I've got that much experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but see, that's cool. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're so humble, like that. You're like legit. Like as far as a groundbreaker, 2000 was it? 2015? You said 16? Something like I think that. 16? I
2: think yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. First person to do it. Use a hybrid. That's that's one for your mates with the Teslas, Shane.
0: Yeah, the gymtech guys should uh, get yeah in, get in touch with Mike, I reckon, and have a chat to see what they can do
1: about sorting out their rally uh, Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, that's really oh. cool. No, I call cool. it. Yeah, I was going to ask that, and um, obviously, sort of close to rally, but target stuff. What, what's your any any uh, future there?
2: Uh, I would love to. Um, I've never actually driven. Uh, rally on tarmac ever oh wow i've only ever done tarmac stages on rally tires and um yeah i've always gone really well on on that kind of thing where we drive rally tires on tarmac which makes no sense at all to anyone i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i would actually like to some i'm sure at some point i will have a go on tarmac properly in a, in a proper tarmac spec car i'm definitely pretty keen on it at some point if if the opportunity comes and if we can make something happen but yeah usually you get a bit older then you start to look at tarmac don't you
1: yeah yeah that's sort of uh uh yeah
2: a truth (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so we'll Uh, see no cool yeah maybe uh maybe we can get those chinese hybrids over here and uh you know recycle a couple of camry hybrid taxi cars and
2: Take yeah, it to the yeah. Teslas. <laughs> we'll make a make a series of it. <laughs> so that's what you'd want to. So
1: that's what you'd want to get. Uh, hold a Cusco and get one of the Supras over here for that, because like so, uh, Targa. There's two, two rules that you either need the most powerful, fastest, outright car you can find, or the lightest and most nimble car, and meet halfway in between. So yeah, yeah that's where you've yeah. got the Lotus is killing it, or you've got the GDRs killing it. And yeah, that's the Supra is the, the new version
2: of the GDR, basically. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, Cusco makes some pretty cool cars, so... Yeah, there you go. I'm sure I'm out of favour at some point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, it'd just be cool to see. And, uh, you know, the market for Supras here looks... Uh, you know, I'm starting to see them daily driving around now, so...
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's definitely, definitely cool. I'm yeah. starting to... Um, well, my dad has sort of floated the idea of more the off-road rally. That's yeah. sort of like, you know, Asian... I think, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Dakar style, but... Yeah, there, there's actually quite a few rallies um, in Asia, in like yeah, so long miles. distance.
1: Yeah, yeah, so like yeah. in a production U or a yeah.
2: something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Because yeah, no one's really gone down that path yet. They haven't gone from rallying to um, off-roading, yet. like off-road rallying as such. Obviously, yeah. like there's the Loeb and Carlos kind of, Sainz who do the Dakar, but I mean, sort of in this sort of region, no one's sort of done that way.
1: There you go. So there's a a bit of a killer niche for you. Well,
2: because we've always done stuff different, so we try something else different.
1: Well, and that's, you know, and the bonus of being as competitive as you have been and being as, you know, well-traveled as you are, then you take all that experience and that set-up and that prep, that's 90% of, you know, any endurance sort of racing is just being set up.
2: Yeah, and I think I'm already used to the whole logistics about going to a random country and you know going to places you'd never go to if you're a tourist or stuff. So I'm sort of used to on that, and I'm pretty sure you don't have to drive as fast. You more just have to navigate and look after the car. So yeah, it's to be continued. Watch this space. So we need to
1: we need to hit up uh, Elon Musk and get a Cyber Truck for you, so you can be the first EV. Rally driver and an off-road race win. Yeah,
2: with solar panels. With
1: solar panels, there you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll
1: have to fire up a van with a chip, chip-fired <laughs> generator in the back to follow you around.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
0: Sweet. It's funny, funny as you mentioned that sort of um, long-distance stuff because there, uh, posts a few posts have been coming up in the feed today about the. Australasian Safari, which ran for seven years back in 2007 to 2014, and it was just an epic uh, six, seven day off road event over here um, with, yeah, production, utes, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. I just yeah.
2: just mm. crazy. Yeah, I remember
0: um, that. Yeah. yeah, it'd be great to see that happen again, but um, yeah, without sponsors. Yeah, and the
2: government backing that was mostly,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was tourism. Tourism WA backed most Mm. of it. Yeah, Um, but yeah, obviously at the moment that's uh, not a lot of money going around. But um, so so apart from um, raising newborn, what's what's next on the cards for Mike Young?
2: Uh, well, as of today, I did sign myself up for the next rally in WA. So if we could... do that. Yeah, I had a taste of it, so I can't can't sit on the sidelines again. I have to go out and have some fun because otherwise, we're at the top I now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to make sure it wasn't a fluke. That's the thing. You can't, <laughs> you can't come out and win one rally. You got to keep going. So yeah, that that's next. Because otherwise, there's not much happening. Because obviously, all my rallies are usually overseas. So, yeah, and I said living in Perth, so we just just got to make do with what's here.
1: Yeah, and you got to keep in the seat. You know, like obviously, it'll bode well for getting back in, and you know, in Cusco, yeah. get up to go again. You need to still be match fit, so to speak.
2: Yeah, and yeah, it's that too. You got to you got to keep driving, but also you got to keep keep your name going you know you can't keep posting throwback thursdays for like two years until covid finishes so you gotta you know, keep trying and yeah you know, get some new kind of pictures of something to post on, on facebook
1: <laughs> yeah so speaking mm. of that like obviously you've got a huge uh network of of other drivers that you've met around the world and that sort of stuff is um is it just like us and WA, we're really lucky to still keep racing, or what's happening overseas? What's the news? Are guys driving, or are guys, is it really struggle town, like, being locked down in Melbourne sort of deal?
2: Um, look, I've seen some stuff. Uh, I've seen WRC is, is going. Uh, New Zealand Championships not this year. Same, same as like the ARC. Um, I've seen in New Zealand they're doing some local rallies, so people are still trying to get out there, and doing as much as they can, um, I haven't seen people not doing stuff because I don't know whether it is they haven't done rallies or they're saving so much money because they can't go on holiday, so they're still spending money on rally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. We we actually talked about that with a, um, a mate with a workshop just yesterday where um, WA's booming because we're sort of COVID-free-ish. You know, we've sort of kept the borders closed. But then what's happening is because no one's traveling, they're spending tenfold. You know, no one's going to Bali for the weekend with a family. No one's going mm. over east for a wedding or for business or whatever or going to, you know, out of, out of the country. Um, no one's chasing the Formula One around Singapore, et cetera, et cetera. So they're staying home and spending money on their boats, their cars, their toys, yeah. their caravans, they're yeah. fixing their cars and the houses. And so everyone's just flat out. And like, like we are we just flat out it's got stuff everywhere at the moment
2: mm. yeah I think that's the thing people have just been able to they've got extra money now to spend on 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 their rally car their race car or, or whatever it is so, which is I guess good for us yeah because uh, in the last state rallies there's been heaps of people entered like way more than usual and people you haven't seen out in the past before which is pretty cool
1: yeah it's cool to see new cars out Um mm. And I'm not sure where it is, but there's uh, still another guy who's got an old – oh, he's going to kill me. I think it's an old Corolla, but I think the rules have changed or freed up around the older stuff, so they're allowed to pretty much go a bit full ham with the modifications. So I think maybe that's encouraging a few more old-school dudes to come out that like the era of you just build something at home and go thrash it, whatever it is, with whatever engine combo
2: you want. Yeah, yeah. You're not thinking of John London, are you? Nah,
1: another guy, um, yeah, with a, what's it like a KE, or what we would have called a KE30. I don't know what they call them over
2: here.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, it's cool. Mm. All right. Well,
0: I think we've come to the end of the episode. Um we've gone over an hour again. <laughs> that's all right. It's not nearly, what, three hours we had with um, Mark Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we couldn't get a word in that was that was quite entertaining. <laughs> oh, he's he's just an og, you know. Yeah, no, no, lots of good stories out of him.
2: Um, what about Dino? He can talk talk as well, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we could he was speak. gold actually, like he was mm. he was really cool. He just put the mouth microphone in his mouth and he would just talk, 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what I liked about Dean is he, he he confirmed and cemented that uh Sabaru's pronounced Subaru. <laughs>
0: Only in one place in the world. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, little, I'm a king. I actually like I actually like Subaru. I think it sounds better. Subaru.
0: Yeah. Does. Oh, Does how it's supposed to sound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Subaru, Subaru. Yeah.
0: Oh dear. Um any, anything you want to mention before you, you head off? Any any last thanks to anyone or?
2: As uh, so the number one supporter. Yeah, thanks to my number one supporter. She's really uh, really helpful. <laughs> Hopefully, she can hear me.
1: I thought you were going to say the beer farm for a minute. I think is that what your head is? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear. No. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for jumping on. Um, appreciate the time, yeah, with a newborn uh, to to actually, yeah, take this time out and chat with us. And um, yeah, hopefully next race uh, you'll be up there again.
2: Yeah, hope so. Yeah, we'll thanks. See sir. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, hopefully the next rally goes well. Um, yeah, I don't want to make it uh, look like a fluke, so I have got to keep pushing hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, might uh, might bump into you up at power play one one week.
2: Yeah, definitely. you've Got to come up. It's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have they got double cards? Like you know, like what for? you can take a little kid with you.
2: No, it's only ah. single ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think you have to be separate. You can't have uh, kids and adults racing together. It's got to yeah. be just one or the other. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, sorry, I can't bro, wait. You're
0: going to actually have to race against proper people.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. With
1: the little kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, you- yeah. I got to have a crack. My name's still on the. Well, might still be on the board in Darwin, so. Yeah. Uh, the yeah.
2: There's all these like special settings. There's like like three or four settings with how fast they go. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to tell us how to off air how to get to those and change them. Yeah, I think it's a controller. Yeah. All righty. Well, that uh, wraps up
0: episode twenty-four. And uh, yeah, next week might be GUP. Why not be? We'll see who turns up.